and welcome to the 206 podcast where we talk about movies with the people who make them. My name is Mark Morin and I'm speaking with Takeshi Fukunaga, the director of Ainu Mosir, which received a special jury mention at the 2020 Tribeca Film Festival. It screened recently as part of the Hawaii International Film Festival's virtual programming and it will also be making its Netflix debut on Tuesday, November 17th. Takeshi Fukunaga, welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to talk here. Yeah, thanks for being here. Now, Ainu Mosir, your film, explores the indigenous Ainu community located in the Hokkaido territory of northern Japan. Now, the story of the movie is primarily about a 14-year-old boy who is struggling with the loss of his father, and it also touches on the Ainu culture and traditions that have been fading away over time. Now, from what I understand, you are from Hokkaido, where the movie is set, but why was this a story that you wanted to tell? Mainly, well, a couple of reasons. One, there hasn't been a, a feature film about Ainu people, starring Ainu people. You know, uh, there are a few uh, feature films about Ainu people, but every time they, it was made, it, uh, uh, Japanese actors were playing Ainu role, which is not, you know, acceptable in, you know, today's, you know, uh, cultural representation uh, standard. And, and then I thought, you know, making a movie uh, starring Ainu people is a uh, meaningful thing to do. Another thing was that, you know, me, uh, I myself, you know, uh, shamefully hasn't really learned uh, about Ainu people and their culture. Even though I was born and raised in Hokkaido, like recognition about and understanding about Ainu people in Japan, I mean, later on outside of Japan is still very low. Uh, many people, uh, many a common Japanese person wouldn't really know much about Ainu people. Uh, it's changing these days, but it's still, you know, they are, you know, very much underrepresented. For me, it was only after I moved to the U.S. to study abroad that I realized I had, you know, like I haven't had any, you know, chance to learn about them. And then uh, it was so making a movie. This movie was for me to relearn uh, about Ainu and then, you know, uh, the land I grew up in and then, you know, essentially who I am as well. Now, from what I understand, it's almost, the entire cast is almost entirely, what I guess what I would call non-actors. And the movie itself has the look and feel of a documentary. Was this part of your original vision of what you wanted the movie to be, of having it be authentic Ainu people to where the point is not uh, actors at all, other than a couple small parts, small roles, which I'll ask you about in a minute. And then also just the way you visually presented the movie. You know, it kind of, it wasn't like one thing was first and then the other, you know, um, like it, I, I wouldn't say it was always the plan, but I, you know, the, the, I guess, documentary or naturalistic approach, you know, kind of came up as I, you know, started, you know, like talking to them and then like uh, started thinking about how I can, you know, uh, bring out the, you know, these people, like, you know, authentic and natural characters to the movie because I'm Japanese and then, you know, making a movie about Ainu people, I was very careful and then uh, aware that there could be, a, you, know, um, you know, I couldn't make any a mistake, you know, to kind of, you know, mis misrepresent, you know, uh, them in, in the movie. Do, you know, taking this like naturalistic approach was uh, a way for me to kind of fill the gap and, you know, to avoid, you know, uh, making mistakes, you know, to kind of impose my preconceived ideas on them. 
So like, you know, like all the characters, you know, most of no actors were playing a version of themselves. And then half the lines in the movie were improvised, you know, so, yeah. I mean, although, of course, there was a script, but I never asked them to uh, memorize those lines. You know, I asked them to, you know, speak freely as much as possible. So bringing those, like, their own voices and their own presence and their own characters uh, was a way for me to kind of be faithful, you know, to, you know, um, who they really are and then what they, uh, what they have. And uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about how you showed the Ainu people and the village was a lot of the different traditions and celebrations that they have. Was a lot of that brought to you by the people or did you have a fair amount of understanding of what you wanted to show as far as the culture? You know, many things uh, you see in movies are things that, that are already there, you know, in the village. Uh, including the uh, the big festival in the fall season, uh, Marimo Festival. That's that's an actual uh, festival that that's held every year. It's for them to appreciate uh, the nature and then also attract tourists because you know that's how they get you know uh, make their living. But the um, the main uh, ritual, which is Iomante, the, the bear ritual, was a fiction. You know, although there were. For example, the, uh, one of the main characters, Debob, he in real life he once uh, raised a bear cub and then tried to uh, uh, re, you know uh, revive the ritual, which he wasn't su- successful at the time. I don't know if you remember, there was a meeting uh, whether they should do it or not in the movie, and then that's so the people who uh, the are per- people who supported the ritual were people who actually support the ritual in real life, and the people who are against them. I guess you know, uh, who are actually against the ritual in your life. So that was kind of like actual discussion, you know, that you know about the ritual and then if they should do it and why. But of course, even those people who are against them are there because they are not against uh, an idea of making a movie about it. But the, the actual ritual itself hasn't been done for about 30 years. Uh, the last time it was done was in back in 1990 in a place called Shiraoi in Hokkaido. But I, you know, decided to uh, include that ritual uh, as part of the story because it just contains so much about Ainu culture, spirituality, but also their, um, the state of Ainu, uh, uh, you know, as a Ainu people in modern day, you know, because this ritual was a center of their life and center of their culture, but hasn't been done for many years for so many reasons. Through that, I thought I could portray, you know, uh, where they where they are and who they are uh, in this modern time. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting way to show the difference between the Ainu people who were more, seemed like, into the traditions of the past versus the Ainu people who were more, I guess you would say, modern. So was there a lot of discussion with the Ainu people of exactly how that would be presented in the movie? Um. It wasn't so much about like discussion. I mean, they read the script and then they gave me feedbacks and then, you know, I, you know, listened to them and, uh, you know, uh, took their advices in, in many ways. It, there wasn't any like opposition against the idea of using the, you know, modernity and tradition theme in the movie because that's what they face, you know, every day, you know, even, right. you know, because they, they have, they present our, uh, 
kind of traditional、uh, version of themselves and the version of their culture in the on stage and at the shop. But then, you know,、uh, behind the door, you know, they they just live like every other person in in Japan. You know, like the the, the language is pretty much gone. You know, like I mean, there are people who study it and who can speak it, but there it's not daily language anymore. And then that that's because of the you know、uh, unfortunate history. I mean, of course, each person has a has a different way to to deal with it. But、uh, in in one way or another, that's、um, what they that what they face, you know, our day to day. You had mentioned the language. I read recently that the Ainu language has been declared critically endangered by UNESCO. So, what does that mean? And then, what efforts are being made to preserve the culture and the history of of the indigenous people? You know, well. The government hasn't really done so much, to be honest,、uh, in Japan,、uh, especially for the language, you know, for the preservation of language. From what I understand, there are it's basically those like you know researchers and and scholars and those uh, experts, uh, language experts who learn and teach、uh, the language, and then there are Ainu people who are、uh, know. And、uh, a lot about those language, and then like a, a study from those researchers, and then sometimes to each other. But、um, the mainly the way the language is used today is in the prayers and and、uh, songs, and not so much about you know、uh, not so much as、um, a daily language. Yeah, that makes sense. Now I wanted to go back to we were talking about the cast a moment ago, and I had mentioned that there was two people who are well-known actors. One of them is Lily Frankie, who a lot of people might know from Shoplifters, which is a really popular movie. But he's been a popular figure in Japan for quite some time. And then also Toko Miura, who I think she's more well known as a singer, but she also does some acting. So tell me about how each of them became involved in the movie.、And、I know Toko Miura is from Hokkaido as well, right? Yeah, so it's mostly known actors, but there are a few actors, and then the mainly those, you know,、uh, those two actors,、mm-hmm. uh, you know, Tokumira and then Lee Franki, you know, like to to portray the community and the people in I don't know how what other way to say, but like in a three dimensional way, I I needed to have an objective, you know, perspective, you know, and objective characters. And then uh, uh, the character from outside, but like working with no actors, you know, it, it is a totally different game from you know、uh, working with professional actors for those、right. you know, professional actors. And then there are those two are one of the few professional actors I thought who could you know、uh, be authentic and then natural. You know, performing with those no actors. Now, the movie Ainu Musir was recently picked up by Array Releasing. That's the independent film distribution and resource collective founded by Ava Dubornay. What does it mean to you to have this type of backing from a company that focuses on independent films, primarily from women and people of color, and from other countries as well? It means a lot to me. I mean, Daydream is my first feature. You know, back in 2015,、uh, which You know, had some,、uh, you know, collected some accolades from festivals, but you know, we didn't really have a chance to, you know, release the movie、uh, um, to wide audience. Otherwise, you know, uh, uh, if we, we didn't have a support, 
you know, this case is, you know, similar, but、um, so I'm so thankful to receive this opportunity to share this, you know,、uh, film with wide audience. But not only that, you know, they're the aim of the of the company, and then what they do is really to amplify the the voice of underrepresented, you know, people and communities. And then that was my, you know, one of my you know, main reasons、uh, why I wanted to make this movie. So to be on the same page with a distribution company as far as the the ultimate goal, you know,、uh, with this film is is such an amazing thing because you know it's then it becomes an action. You know, it's it's not just about you know、um, making a movie and putting it out and getting people seeing and then you know make make some money. It's about you know like changing the.、Uh, The world to you know to a better place you know so I'm you know I'm very very happy and then thankful to be able to work with them again. Now with the movie being in film festivals this year as well, you know obviously this year has been a very unique situation for film festivals and distributions.、So、what has that experience been like for you compared to when you released your first movie? It's been difficult, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like so, this movie was. You know, had a world premiere with no audience at the Tribeca this year in international feature competition, and we all the crew and main cast were, you know, planning to, you know, be there, you know, at the, you know, premiere with, you know, audiences in New York and and then to celebrate,、um, which clearly didn't happen. And so, it, it, you know, the film has been you know, going around some festivals, although many are either postponed or cancelled. I haven't been. You know,、uh, being able to be at the, any of those screenings. You know, like the first time I had her, I could be at the screening with the audience was a Japanese、uh, theatrical opening back in October. So it's been very difficult、uh, because this, you know、uh, festivals are not only about celebration, but also to you know expand networks and then you know get to you know,、uh, meet people and then get to know how people react and and then communicate with people through the film. But you know,、uh, unfortunately, that it didn't happen. But at the same time, I'm also very impressed and touched how you know、um, many people around the world,、uh, you know, behind the festivals are still. You know, making it happen, whether it's online or whether it's you know、right. driving theater, and and then that's that's really、um, encouraging that you know like they are still you know kind of fighting against against this、uh, tough situation and trying to make it work. Yeah, that's what's been really interesting for me to see with the film festivals is every it seems like every festival that comes out now over the course of this year. Has a little bit of a different spin on how they're doing presentations, so it's great to see the film festival community really trying everything they can to make a, a good presentation and make it as meaningful for filmmakers like yourself, and then also for the audience. So that's it's been really interesting to see. So I hope I hope more opportunities are going to become available with with film festivals. But now your release on Netflix, we're speaking right now on November twelfth, and the release is November seventeenth. So you have your Netflix. Release coming up. Are, is there anything that you're doing special for that, or is it just okay? Now it's available. Is like, what does that moment mean to you? What does that moment mean to me?、Um, <laughs> it's a,、uh, it's a, it's a surreal thing. I mean, it's, I'm, you know, I moved to、uh, Tokyo last summer, and then so I'm in my, you know, little apartment in Tokyo, and then, but you know, knowing that that the day. Of the release to the wide audience is coming up, 
So, you know, I wouldn't really feel that in, you know, as, um, how to, how to call it, like, in, it, it wouldn't be a, like, in-person experience because I wouldn't be at the screen or anything like that. But I would see the reactions and then how it can be, you know, it was shared, you know, through online and friends and, you know, like, but um, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm, of course, super excited. And then what I'm particularly excited about this, you know, Netflix release is that it's going to be shown in those countries with uh, indigenous own indigenous communities like right. you know US of course and Canada in Australia and New Zealand you know and then I know that I know people have relationship I mean not of course not all of them but you know mm-hmm. some communities in I know communities have relationship uh, with other indigenous people in New Zealand and you know Canada and so uh, you know they they can see their friends on Netflix that's I think uh, you know really exciting and then makes me uh, makes me happy that you know their their story and their voice can be heard by others in, in this way oh that's great that's really exciting to hear now when people sit down to watch the movie what is the number one thing you want them to feel that's a tough question <laughs> <laughs> You know, there are many um, different kind of filmmakers and different kind of films. And then I'm still trying to figure out my own voice. My intention as far as the message is I'm putting so much thoughts and emotions and, and there are so many reasons why I you know, made this film in this way. But at the end of the day, I feel that in my job is to raise a question, but not necessarily uh, to give an answer. So, so it's the same for with this film. Like I, I you know, I raise a question. I make suggestions. I'm I'm not giving a definite answer by the end. So it's it's really for each person to. Uh, it's it's really depending on each part, each viewer to uh, what to feel and then what to think, you know, after the movie. And if they don't feel or think anything, then that then I failed it, you know, no matter what I what my intention is. You know? Right. No, that's really good. Is I think each person will draw their own conclusion and expression out of that. So that that's a really good way to put it. Do you have any last thoughts about the movie or things that you want to to say to people listening about the movie? Well, you know, of course, I, you know, really want as many people as possible to see it, see the film. And um, I, I think, I guess, you know, these days, you know, uh, subtitles are becoming less and less barrier. And so, you know, of course, you know, there are probably still people who wouldn't watch it only because it's, it, it has a subtitle. But even though the, the story and the characters and settings are very specific, my goal is always to tell a universal story and, you know, tell a story about human as, as a human. So I hope, you know, um, the, the viewer uh, put, you know, those like future audiences would, you know, try, you know, give it a shot, you know, to, to watch a film, you know, not because it's, it has a subtitle or not because it's too specific, but because it's a, it's a human story. Yeah, that's definitely one thing that I got out of it is just, there's a lot, even though, like you said, it's a very specific story, there's a lot of things that I could relate to in the story. And I think there's a lot of things that anybody could relate to for a lot of different reasons. That's all the questions that I have for you today. So Takeshi Fukunaga, arigato gozaimasu. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. And thank you for making this important movie. I wish you all the, the best in the future. Thank you very much, Doita. Thank you, Mark. This is the 206 podcast where we talk about movies with the people who make them. 
Please subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends. Any way you can support the podcast is very much appreciated. You can find podcast episodes and all my movie reviews on 206.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mark Morin on the 206 Podcast.